Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up and welcome back to the Naptown Beat Podcast presented by the Sadia Network with your host, Justin and Jacob. It's been a couple of weeks, guys. Uh, man, we have had vacations, we've had work, we've had lots of things going on, but hey, we're back here to talk about some sports uh, because there's always lots of sports to talk about and boy, do we have a lot to catch up on. Jacob, how are you doing, man? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a crazy couple of weeks, although, you know, vacation and and working i i work on most of the sports in indiana so i i still get my mind focused on this stuff it was just from a very prof, you know professional work standpoint but yeah a lot a lot of ha- has happened um and you know some for good some for bad and some we have yet to see an outcome on so i'm excited to to get caught up yeah so first let's let's start with the indy 11 here the indy 11 in their for now former head coach Martin Rennie uh, have mutually agreed to part ways. This happened a few weeks ago. I know when it when I saw it, I was very shocked. When you saw it, you were not as shocked uh, because you saw this one coming after a post game interview. So tell me tell me what you've heard about this. Yeah, so I, I work all the Indy Eleven games um, for broadcast and uh, although I did not hear all the post game interview, I watched it the next day, and essentially he pretty much resigned on air, um, and just you know it was a it was a hard loss to the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, and you know the guys just the past couple of games have just haven't looked motivated, uh, haven't looked as sharp as you know we have seen them before, so you know. Martin comes out and gives the interview. He's just like, I can't get the guys motivated anymore. I have a certain way that I like my teams to play, and, and I can't do that here at Carroll Stadium with this roster right now. Uh, you know, it's been a great run, and, you know, I, I don't want to say too much without talking to the to the organization and, and the ownership first, but, you know, it's it's something along the lines of it's been a great run, and, you know, we got to eventually have to, you know, move on. So he did cite, you know, playing at Carroll stadium as one thing he didn't like. And, and one reason he wanted to move on, which I thought was weird as, as how much the organization is hyping that up and like, we're back home. And, and, you know, they, they're even teasing a new player announcement, like, you know, guess who's coming back home. And, you know, like Carroll stadium is their home and they adopted that. And to have your head coach of what, four years come out and say, you know, I hate playing here. It's like, like you don't get that kind of atmosphere at Lucas Oil stadium. Everybody sits so far back. So yeah. I, I, I didn't really get that. It must be more of a, like an actual playing surface standpoint. It is a turf field, but albeit it's a, a college field and, and not one that's heavily devoted to their soccer program. So, you know, 
there's that that he some people are talking about it 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 dips down to one corner apparently but the other teams have no problem scoring two and three goals a game so i don't understand how that just impacts the 11 on their own uh but yeah and then it was just a lack of team motivation and guys just weren't uh buying into what he was wanting to do or not not following what he was wanting to do and I guess they held like a, a players only meeting to kind of discuss things of where they are. And then, you know, all this happens, they come out when their next game on the road. So obviously changes were made for the better uh, because they they are rocking and rolling right now. Yeah, I, they finally won uh, against KC Sporting 2 or Sporting KC 2, uh, one, 2 to 1. But that that came after a three game losing streak where they were outscored. What is that? One, two, three, four. Five to one over three games uh, after they drew against OKC yeah. Energy one to one. So goal differential so far this season at a minus one with 13 points. They're third in the Central Division, which is on the top half out of the eight teams. Um, I'm not sure how exciting we could be to beat KC or Sporting KC two. They've only got one win on the season, but the Indy 11 are now sitting at four four and one yeah. after nine games played. So. Um, it's, it's a long season. Jordan, our guy, Jordan Farr was injured. So Bobby Edwards filled in for that, uh, for that game too. Does this mean this might be the end of Jordan Farr? Uh, he sits out for an injury and then all of a sudden now we're winning again. I don't know. So I think it's a a circumstantial, you know, it's, it's just everything kind of coming together. They, they have two really good goalies and I'm surprised that Bobby Edwards hasn't gotten to play before either. So yeah. I mean, like we just said, Sporting KC is has is a one win team, so we should beat them fairly yeah. easily. Uh, they're on the road against Louisville FC this Saturday, so be sure to check out that game. I believe it's on ESPN Plus as well if you have that. So Pacers, big news on the Pacers as we're talking about. You know, Indy Eleven no longer has a head coach, or they do now, but their head coach resigned. The Pacers also don't have a head coach. Uh, Nate Borgesgreen is out. So Jacob, who's up next? Who's got next? You know, it's, it's going to be a multitude of people because there are, I believe at the moment, seven head coaching vacancies across the league. Uh, so that definitely depletes the field of, uh, it, it adds coaches to the field, but depletes the amount of, uh, you know, cream of the crop talent you could bring in. And I don't think Indiana is a desirable place to go and coach at the moment. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty about the roster and everything like that. They have the guys. They just need someone to to come in and unite them and, and add a couple more pieces. So that being said, um, I, they are set to interview Steve Clifford, Terry Stotts, and Brian Shaw for their head coaching position. Uh, Steve Clifford just left the Magic. Terry Stotts just left the Blazers. And Brian Shaw is, head, uh, well, is currently still the head coach of the G League Ignite team, which is that team of like, high school prospects that didn't want to go to college. So they play a year in the G league and then hope to be drafted into the NBA. Uh, So I think that's, that's interesting because, you know, the organization has put a premium on head coaching experience because after having a coach that had no head coaching experience, then, you know, you want to try to remedy that if they think that's the issue. So Brian Shaw doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I think he's that outside kind of oddball uh interview that that most teams do you know you have your one or two surefire candidates and then ah we're gonna throw this guy into the mix because he brings something different and then i also wouldn't rule out mike d'antoni or rick carlisle as you know 
being interviewed somehow along the way if they don't like either Clifford or Stotts or, you know, one of those two. Yeah, this this would actually be fairly interesting if they went the Brian Shaw route just because he what he brings in different other than, you know, the G League experience and not the NBA experience is that he has the G League experience. So he's been mm-hmm. watching all of these guys that have been developing that some of the NBA coaches haven't been paying attention to. So you bring in Shaw, be expected to hear a lot of names that you have never heard of before getting right. signed from the G League. Uh, potentially, I mean, you, you never know there. Uh, I, I would never rule out Becky Hammond. I, I, w- I would love to see her actually get an interview here, but like you said, this is not the, this is not the destination you want to go right now. Correct. The, Celtic, the Celtics are looking. The Magic, Pelicans, Mavericks, Wizards, Trailblazers. There's a lot of superstar talent on all of those teams that I would rather go coach for than than to get a Pacers. Oh. For sure. I mean, in my mind, it goes, you know, Trailblazers, I think for sure, if Damian Lillard stays, that's a team I would love to go coach for. The Magic as well. They have a lot of young players, especially in that late trade they made with the Nuggets to send Aaron Gordon to Denver. They brought in some younger guys. Plus, you have Cole Anthony, Mo Bamba. And then you have, what, the fifth and the eighth pick in this uh, draft, um, you know, just just coming up. That was announced last night. So, you know, you those get are... two top ten picks and yeah, all, and those... amongst all the other talent. That's going to be great to coach. Absolutely. And those two teams are the teams that come with not as high expectations. Those are lower Correct. expectations teams. So if if it takes a year or two to build, okay, great. Damian Lillard might get a little upset, but they usually sit around eighth, eighth or ninth place in the West. So it's not like we have to be top three this year. Right. Celtics, that's got a lot of expectations there. They've got a team that's built, ready to win. The Pelicans, anytime you have Zion on your team, I feel like you're expected to win. Yes, but for how long? It, it has been rumored that a lot of Zion's family members are kind of voicing concerns and and saying that that they want him out of New Orleans. I don't know if Zion Same. feels that way, but if his family is saying that, odds Same. are it's getting passed around at the dinner, you know, at the dinner table. So, yeah, how long do you have Zion in in New Orleans? I don't know. Um, but then, you know, a quick note about Becky Hammond. I it's she's kind of in a weird situation and I'm going to compare this to a football situation for for all my NFL fans. It's almost like Josh McDaniels with the New England Patriots. Yes. Does exactly. Does he pursue another job or does he wait for the day Bill Belichick leaves? And th- and I think that's the situation Becky Hammond's in. Does she pursue another job and try to carve, you know, blaze her own trail, uh, you know, quote with the trailblazers, I was pun intended because she's a leading <laughs> candidate there. Uh, or does she stay with the Spurs in hopes that Popovich leaves soon and then she can just, you know, blossom into that role and, and continue on the path she's already on there. So, and, and that's probably, a, you know, not only is she, a woman in a predominantly male space, but then she has to toy with the idea of like, you know, do I leave this when Popovich could retire in the next two years? Or do I go out and go out on a limb and, and, you know, make my head coaching debut with a different team. So I I know it's got to be a difficult situation all around, but I pride her for what she does. And I hope she gets, you know, either an opportunity with the trailblazers here or with the Spurs soon. Cause I think she's got, she's going to be amazing when she gets to that position. I think the hard part about this and correct me if I'm wrong is that the other factor with the Spurs is that is Tim Duncan going to get the position. Yeah. 
that that is that is a thought. Although I feel like when he was an assistant coach for like a year or even a couple months, I don't even think he lasted the whole year. And he filled he actually was the one who filled in for Popovich mm-hmm. when Popovich got sick. And then after that year, he was like, or after that season, or I I don't even think he lasted the whole season, if we're being honest. He was like, Yeah, I don't think coaching is for me. So if he okay. were to make a return as head coach, I think that would surprise me. Although I wouldn't entirely rule it out, especially if he could get maybe some of the, you know, his former teammates or or become an assistant coach with a former player. I think that would be, you know, that'd be kind of cool. But I yeah, yeah I, I Tim think he's Duncan, low on the, the totem pole. Yeah. Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Monte Ginobili, the three head co- the yeah, three coaches for yeah. the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, they just come back and, and coach Jordan. That would be cool. I, I would love that. That'd be awesome. <laughs> that'd be interesting. Um, so yeah, the draft lottery was last night and the Pacers will be picking at 13th. They didn't move up or move down. And I cannot tell you how frustrated I am with the fact that <laughs> with the draft lottery process in general, I mean, how do you have five, what is it? Five of the last five of the top seven teams were NBA final contention contenders over the last three years. Oh yeah. So this isn't really like, let's give all the really bad teams the best picks. This this year's is specifically is, let's just retool our really good teams to get back up in the spotlight. Yeah, I'm I'm not happy at all with how the draft lottery shook out. Like, this is, I don't know. It, it's I guess it's more fair than the NFL, which is just by reverse standings because then you could literally tank and then get the number one pick, but. Come on. <laughs> I I almost like the NFL's way because you for sure know what pick you're getting. The Pacers entered this going, we could be anywhere from one to fourteen. And you know, and, and that's your that's your margin. I think I would rather know where I was going to be at the end of the season. It gives you more time to prepare, it gives you more time to scout, get your team yeah. ready. Because if, if we were to land the number one spot, okay, Cade Cunningham in most opinion is the number one choice. I am not very high on Kate Cunningham, but you know, if that's your number one pick, then you probably look at shopping Malcolm Brogdon or Gary Savert because that's the position he's going to be slotted into. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, that changes your team. If you would have known that at the end of the season, then that gets you time to prepare the trade offers, blah, 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 all that. Uh, you know, same if we were in the top four, then, you know, Evan Mobley obviously jumps, you know, to the, to the forefront there. And then you look at trading miles Turner more and, and blah, blah, blah. But uh, yeah, 13 is, it's what we were projected. Uh, you can't, can't argue with that. So I, th- there is some good talent you can find there. And we do have two other second round picks. I believe they're going to be towards the end of the second round, but yeah, it's, it's not terrible. The fact that the golden state warriors have two picks in the lottery, you know, just to what you were saying is, is ridiculous. That team's going to be phenomenal when clay Thompson comes back. Draymond Green's still around. Steph Curry's there. Plus, you have James Wiseman, Andrew Wiggins, Kelly Obrey Jr. They could trade some of these guys and and get even more players and, and or more not. Young like they could just, just keep growing. They could just run it as is with their two top fourteen yeah. picks. Like I mean, yeah, they, <laughs> they could totally nothing, do that as well. Yeah, there's nothing saying that they can't be a dominant team next year. Like right. even even yeah. if Clay Thompson misses half a season just to make sure he's good, there's no reason yeah. they shouldn't be dominating. Oh, for sure. And if they can get a guard of his cal, well, not of his caliber, but you know, someone with a seventh pick 
that that could fill in that role for the time being, then yeah, no sweat there. The Magic is another team that I think really did well with the lottery. Get the fifth pick and the eighth pick. That's going to be phenomenal. I'm I'm excited for this Magic team. Again, low expectations, but you know, very high reward there if they hit it big in the draft. And then what my biggest thing is, so the Pacers are in the Central Division: Milwaukee, Indiana, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland. Guess who have the first and the three picks? Detroit and Cleveland. And here's my thing. Detroit gets the first pick. Everybody's hyped up. And we were talking about this, you know, within the network's discord about Detroit's young court. But it's like, is Cade Cunningham going to make that big of a difference? Maybe not right now. Maybe in five to six seasons. But then what's the Detroit Pistons going to look like in five to six seasons? Like, no, no NBA team stays the same for that long. Not anymore. People change. Players jump ship. I mean, heck, Kevin Durant has been on, like, three teams in the past five seasons, I feel like. And so, yeah, Detroit, I think is, yeah, they got the number one pick. I don't think it's, it's going to do a whole lot. Same with Cleveland. I mean, how many times have they had a top five pick and are still this bad and are still up there, uh, you know, every year. So yeah, I don't think so much is going to change with those Houston. I, I think could, if they go to the Jalen Suggs route, I think that'd be, That'd be nice. That could really improve that team. The Raptors, I think, are going to be a scary team if they can add another piece. Um, you know, they had a down year this year, but that landed them the fourth pick that they can go out and and get somebody, you know, like an Evan Mobley, somebody like that. So Yeah, and, and this yeah. is my problem, is that, like, all of these teams that are above Indiana in the draft have had a, quote-unquote, down year. Yep. They're a team that could contend in their conference but because they had a down year, now they can add a more valuable asset and become a dominant team in the conference. Yeah. And, and and here's my thing. New Orleans picks three picks above us at 10. They have Zion. They have Brandon Ingram. They have Jackson Hayes. They have Lonzo Ball. Like, and, and somehow they are that bad still that they get 10. The Pacers have nobody even close to some of those guys and yet we pick later on. So, and, and you know, that's a difference of, of divisions and everything like that, but it's, yeah, it, it doesn't, sometimes it doesn't make any sense. I just, I'm going to hit hard on this five to 10 years. Pacers just give me yep. five to 10 years of just being absolute trash trade all your assets, get a new coach. Well, we're getting a new coach finally. So yep. step one is figure it out. Fire the head coach. Uh, step two, trade all your players. Step three, suck for five to 10 years. Yeah. One thing I, I will say about the draft production wise was they, you know, the 14 teams had representatives that they would bring on via Zoom or, or Skype or whatever onto the, to the broadcast, but they would be like, and with the 14th pick goes to the Golden State Warriors, flash the guy on screen. Well, with the delay, the guy didn't know he was on screen. So he's just standing there staring at the screen. And they click off before he can even see it. So for the Pacers, Nancy Leonard, wife of, you know, late great Bob Slick Leonard, is is the representative for the Pacers. And with the 13th pick goes to the Indiana Pacers. They put Nancy on. She's looking off screen because with the delay, she doesn't even know she's on. She doesn't even know the Pacers have the pick yet. And she's looking off screen the entire time when they click to her. They click off and then she realizes she's on screen. So, like, they didn't give anybody any, like, 
heads up the smile, <laughs> any time to like, you know, cheer or anything. And then you have Ben Wallace who's sitting back there for the Pistons. He he's leaning back in his chair at the, you know, at their at their gym. And then they get the number one pick and he's just like and he, you know, he's not saying anything. He's just like holding up the number one and all this. And then you hear some guy in the background like going nuts, like, Whoa, we got it. We got the number and like he's like just going nuts in the back. Yeah. And I, I don't think anybody realized they were on air, but uh that it was it was funny and then also like annoying because it's like, come on, guys, give these guys a, yeah. a little bit of a heads up. That's just the production side in you, Jacob. That, oh, yeah. That you're you're really disappointed it with. <laughs> it, it was it was funny though. Ben Wallace was great. Like that was yeah, that was the type of that was the type of representative you wanted. So today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped, our go-to for men's below-the-waist grooming products. Manscaped new product alert, everybody. It's time to stop, drop, and order this brand new shaving kit that they just launched, introducing the Ultra Smooth Package, a specialized groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking about their new crop shaver, crop exfoliator, and crop gel. It's time to crop that bush of yours and get right to the roots with a discount just for you. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with the code Say It Again. The Manscaped Ultra Smooth Package is a three-step kit to make your package the perfect package. Jacob, another product by Manscaped. I've never had a single time where I'm just like, you know, this is just okay. Like, this is just meh. Everything that they've sent us has been above and beyond. Like, I feel like I'm an astronaut sometimes with just the technology (laughs) that's going into my shower, into my bathroom. Like, I'm like, oh, look at this new cool to gadget. Oh, look at this one. And they we just keep getting their stuff and it's just getting better and better each time. I don't know about you, but that's that's at least my thought. Yeah, no, I was I was talking with a buddy about it or a coworker um, a couple of days ago. And I was like, yeah, I was like, this is this is not something that was on my radar. And now that I have it, I absolutely love it and yeah. will always have it. You know, no, now that I now that you have it, you just you just can't turn back. And And that's that's one of the biggest points I was telling him is that. The technology in this is incredible for for such a, a, a simple concept of a razor. We went from like just like a blade you just flipped out of a little holster. We went from that to to where we are with Manscaped today, and, and it's incredible. Wireless charging, you know the the 4K LED lights, mm-hmm. uh, the travel lock, like and and you know you put all that effort into the technology, but then you also put all that effort into the design and the look because it is it is sharp. It is it is a very nice looking razor and and everything else they have is, you know, just the the cream of the crop, uh, yeah. so to speak, if I can do that. And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and just and just giving you everything you need. Absolutely. They they knock it out of the park. Yeah. So the crop shaver is not your just your average razor, everyone. It's smaller, thicker with a microcomb bar that allows for the best shave possible from any angle. And for all of you, uh, all the vegans out there or non vegans, it's for everybody. Uh, all three of these vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfite-free products are included so you know your manhood is in good hands. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code Say It Again at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code Say It Again at manscaped.com. Smooth it out, fellas, with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. So it's 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 time to talk about this because we haven't really got to talk about this much julio jones is now a tennessee titan yeah 
Yeah, we did. We, we did we talk about this before? We, we had we our we had a small discussion about it. I, I feel like it had just happened right maybe the day or two before we recorded, but potentially, you know, it 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 still doesn't do much for me. Like even now, like I've marinated on it, uh, I, I've thought about it some. It still still doesn't do much. And you know, with the news we're getting ready to talk about, some of the Titans fans on on social media were talking about. Well, in an alternate universe, I would rather have you know. I would rather have the Titans have traded for Julio than us get this X receiver or for, yeah, than the Titans to get this X receiver we're talking about rather than have the Colts have traded for Julio and we get stuck with this X receiver. Um, and I just, I don't want either really with the Colts. I don't want either. We have so many young receivers that I think if you bring in an older receiver like that, yes, it might elevate the offense, but then you're for how long? Like, these guys in their upper thirties, like not everybody plays till they're, you know, Tom Brady age, like, especially the receiver, you're constantly running, you're constantly getting banged up. Like these guys maybe have two or three more seasons. I would rather forego that and let a younger wide receiver not do as well, but get that playing experience and get that, you know, just recognition and, and intelligence that you get and experience from playing than you know, have a receiver that's going to just do a little better, but only be there for two years. Yeah. And so, as we're kind of talking about this other wide receiver, Golden Tate has said that the Colts, Titans, and Rams are his preferred destinations. So 32-year-old wideout was cut by the Giants two years into his four-year deal, which is kind of big. Uh, but they're, yeah. I mean, they're clearing up cap space. They're clear, I mean, they've got they've got I mean, they they're starting Kenny to Galladay, get us. Yeah, so. they signed Kenny Galladay. They they drafted a, another wide receiver as well, didn't they? Yes, I'm blanking on the name. But uh, I'm I'm starting to get our our network mock draft and what actually happened in real life yeah. draft. Now, now you got me thinking. Mixed Keep up. going, I'll find it. I'm pretty sure it was like uh, either Kadarius Tony or uh, I think it was Kadarius Tony or Elijah Moore. I think it was Kadarius Tony no. though. Elijah Moore went to the to the Jets. I know that. So yeah, it was Kadarius Tony. Okay. So yeah, wow, so they, they just actually, got Tony. They, they, had they got Sterling. Yeah, they had a pretty Darius Tony. Pretty good track. They got Aziz Ojulari in the second round. Aaron Robinson in the third. Gary Brightwell running back in the sixth. Yeah, yeah. So the Giants are moving to a younger team, which yeah. makes sense. Uh, so he's had a lot of issues on and off the field. Uh, he did play his best ball with Safford, but he does have a bad history with Jalen Ramsey and his sister. So that could be an issue if he was to go to Los Angeles. The Titans, like we mentioned, already has Julio Jones and uh, obviously A.J. Brown. But yeah. that's all they have. They don't really have anybody else <laughs> on that offense other than, you know, Derrick Henry. So, I mean, I'm not... I'm not really thrilled about this. Maybe if it's no. a prove it deal, like we're so accustomed to seeing with, you know, a one year, $5 million deal. Okay. But like, even that's even almost close to what TY is getting. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's more valuable than what TY is valuable. No, I want, I want one old wide receiver on the team. And if that's TY Hilton, fine. If that's golden Tate, that's fine. But we don't have both. We have one or the other. 
And yeah. you know, we already have TY. So why why take the penalty to cut him to to sign Golden Tate? And even if it's a one year like Xavier Rhodes prove it deal, that wouldn't be terrible. But you're sacrificing a spot for someone else. Michael Pittman's a for sure lock, but then you have Zach Pascal, Paris Campbell, uh, you know, like and, and receivers we haven't even seen yet, uh, some that we just drafted this season, you know, Desmond Patton we've never seen. So it's like, you know, who whose spot is he taking? And then because of that, what development is he taking away from that player? So, well, I I mean, maybe this is a a one year shorter deal for a camp. Like if he does well in camp, great. If he doesn't do well in camp, he's one of the cut players. I mean, we see this all the time, veterans getting signed and then cut at the end of camp. So I wouldn't hate that. I mean, we're, we're still working on extensions for both Darius Leonard and Braden Smith. So, those i mean those are going to be high priority items as well there's lots of players on our team that are we need to get extensions for it's not no question at all so i i don't think golden tate just because golden tate said he's he wants to go to these three teams doesn't mean these three teams are going to sign him or even look at him so and that is the thing that bothers me the most this is a very desperate move like and and i mean no disrespect to golden tate he's shown what he can do but if you come out on a radio talk show and say, yeah, these are three teams I'd like to be at, it's kind of like you're saying you want these three teams to look at you. In all reality, if you want to play that bad, you'll go to whoever's willing to pay you mm-hmm. and, and whoever's willing to give you an opportunity. But like, I, I just feel this is a very desperate move. Like He got cut by the Giants. He's not getting any real traction. He's seeing all these other guys get signed, get drafted, whatever. And then he's like, I'm just going to throw these three teams out there. Well, okay, dude, but you just kind of – pigeonholed yourself and and made you look extremely desperate so mm-hmm. and, and maybe there's more context that you know i didn't hear or read about it but that's just that's kind of the impression that that i'm taking away from this is that you know i'm out i want back in and these are the three teams i want to go to golden tate you don't have that that pull or that stature in the league to say these are the three teams i want to go to make me onto one of these teams like you just you just don't yeah a hundred percent i'd oh we, we don't need them. I, like, truthfully, we yeah. don't need them. There's there's a lot of other positions that I'd rather get veteran leadership yeah. from than the wide receiver position, especially when he has off the field and on the field issues. Yep. We were talking about, I think you brought it up in the network Discord about Melvin Ingram. Like, I think he's still available. Dude, what happened to Melvin Ingram? Yeah. Like, I don't know, but I, I saw you I saw you message that, and I was like, you know what? What what is he doing? Because that would not be a terrible you know addition just to – Bring Coming in off kind the of tutor, yeah. and and Deo and and all our young defensive line. I think that'd be awesome. I mean, it, it would essentially be a replacement for Justin Houston, but it's like, I I think that yeah. would be fine. You got it. You have to two, have veteran guys to to show the young guys how to do yeah. it. Yeah, like two that's, two that's years ago, Melvin Ingram was like the top rusher on the market. Like, yeah, what happened? I didn't even see that he got cut. I didn't see that he yeah. was on a team, and then all of a sudden, the NFL is tweeting and posting on Instagram saying. Where should Melvin Ingram play? And Melvin Ingram's just like, hmm, I don't know. Like, where should I play? And I'm like, wait, why is he still? Yeah. I, I mean, is he that much older? Has he had injury I, issues? I think he's, I think he's 32. I want to say. 32, oh, he's older than I thought he was. But, uh, but the the simple answer is younger, quicker, faster. That's yeah. what, that's what the NFL has has come to with, especially pass rushers. But the the leadership, fact is leadership. That, yeah, and, and and that's my point. You have to have a guy that's going to be that anchor, and that's either going to get the job done or motivate the heck out of people to get the job done. And you know, I 
I think that would be the type of guy you'd want to bring in because, you know, you have Robert Mathis on staff who's going to do that, but he can't be on the field doing that. Mm-hmm. So Melvin Ingram can can be that extension or just or just help the guys like Jacoby Brissett helping, you know, the backup quarterbacks and and Marlo Mack helping the running backs. Like you just need players that are willing to to, to take their role game. and and run in, and run with it. So, yeah, Melvin, he would be that guy. Melvin Ingram would be a really cool addition. I would have loved to have him a few years ago before he signed his last con or before he kind of got forced to sign his extension with the Chargers. Uh, Yeah, he'd be good, Uh, especially for the defensive line. Yes, we have, I mean, DeForest Buckner is there as the leader of the defensive line, but DeForest Buckner is also like 26 years old. Like he's also still young. Like he's not a true like veteran leader. He's just a leader. He's he's like the Darius Leonard of the defensive line. Like, yes, he's right. a leader, but he doesn't have that vet that veteran mentorship aspect to there where Melvin Ingram, I feel like, would add a lot of that sense of leadership to the to the yeah. line and to the defense yep. in general. Yep. Just looked it up. Melvin Ingram, thirty two years old. Okay. So in Madden, this is where he starts to decline in his ratings, and he hits down to like the low 80s, high 70s. Okay. But we don't need him to to be that the guy. That's the point. We have well, yeah. Bay. We have DeForest Buckner. We Taekwon Lewis, Kamoko Ture. Like we just need him to be there to lead and to tutor, and occasionally yep. get a sack. And I think he could do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, when Justin Houston was on the field last year, on the limited snaps that he was playing. He was very productive. He had a lot of sacks. Yeah. He had a couple safeties. He he was a very productive player. Yep. We're not asking for a hundred percent play time. Like play fifty percent of the snaps. Play forty percent right. of the snaps. Like yeah. So yeah. and it looks like looks like last season Melvin Ingram only played seven games. So there must be injury injury or something uh, that happened last year. But I'm not seeing anything terrible. Hmm. He had an interception, two forced fumbles. No sacks, 10, 10 tackles. So so he didn't play as much. We'll have to but, investigate this a little bit more then. Yeah, we will. I, I don't think it'd be a bad move. If you know what happened to Melvin Ingram, please hit us up <laughs> on social media and tell yes. us that we're idiots because we forgot he tore his ACL or something like that. I don't know. Shock therapy. Uh, Shout us out. Let us know yeah. what's up. Yeah, uh, Tyler and Zach, if you are listening to us, and please tell us what happened to Melvin Ingram. <laughs> I, I like to think I, I watch more than just the Colts, but most of the time it's it's pretty much just the Colts. Yeah. Okay, yeah. here we go. Here we go. September 26th, he was placed on IR. And then October 19th of the 24th, or 24th, he was activated. So it's a little okay. month gap where uh, he was on IR. So. That's a, but that's an early season injury, not a late season injury. So, yeah, he, so he probably played the last seven games. Versus the first, and they and they the Chargers are going younger too, so that's why yep. he got cut, and he's thirty two years old, so that's why he hasn't been picked up by a team. That makes sense. Yep. Well, I think over the next couple of weeks, Jacob, we need to like really start breaking down each of the positions, who we think is going to be the starter, the backup, the depth pieces, who's going to get cut uh, by the end of the season. Because hey, there's like what ninety five guys on the team, and we have to get down to fifty three. So, yeah, lot to talk about there. Um, so I think over the next several weeks, uh, leading into camp, we're going to talk, you know, position by position or maybe the line or 
uh, and kind of just give our projected projected positions. So be sure to catch all of those each week on our episodes and on social media as we will have them in both places. Yeah. Yeah, looking forward to that. Might even do some mock drafting with the Pacers here because I know there was there's a couple players I have my eye on at the 13 spot, but we will save that for next week. So keep it here. Next week we'll have all the Pacers, all the Colts, hopefully some good more Indy 11 news. I heard they were getting a new player. I don't know who that is yet, so we might have that to talk about as well. But keep it right here on the Naptown Beat. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.